0: thanks for checking out the citizens podcast we are the high school student ministry at maranatha bible church and we meet on sundays at 11 a.m in the student wing if you enjoy this podcast we would love it if you posted it on your instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. thanks again for joining us and enjoy it's so wonderful that we have worship that we are able to sing, because for a long time, and uh, whenever I was in high school, we didn't have a worship in the uh, youth group, we just kind of got into the teaching, and it just makes like our hearts ready to hear the word of God. And so it's amazing. And so I'm going to pray for us uh, real quick before we dive in and pray for uh, the kids at summer camp that they have a great time and that they are learning more about God and growing closer to him. So let's bow our heads. Dear God, thank you so much for us just being able to be here. Thank you so much for these kids uh, wanting to grow closer to you and learning more about you. Please just help this message to hit their hearts and to be able to apply uh, to their lives. Please just help the kids in summer camp uh, to grow closer to you, to learn more about you, to have fun, and that the leaders will be uh, there for the kids. Um, As somebody who grew up in camps, know that leaders really help make or break uh, the week. And please just help the leaders, give them wisdom, give them guidance, and that they are following you, God. Amen. Okay. So, what I'll be talking about today, we're starting a series. It's a two week series called It Is Well, and kind of Jeff talked about it last week a little bit, Um, but this is kind of the start of the series, It Is Well, and so I'm going to be talking about rising up out of isolation, and so I'm going to ask you guys a question. I want you to raise your hands. How many of you guys have dealt with isolation or know somebody that has dealt with isolation or loneliness in their lives? Okay, a few of us. Um, It definitely is a huge thing that we go through. And as high schoolers, I know exactly like what that went through. And after college, I had a period of my life where I had isolation and loneliness. And so it's definitely hard. And as somebody who is super extroverted and is able to talk to a lot of people, you really wouldn't think that I've dealt with that but a lot of the times, the people that you don't think are going through something like that, it's really hitting them. And so this is just a huge thing that we're gonna be talking about, and it's a very serious uh, matter. And so I'm gonna be talking about three different examples in the Bible of isolation and loneliness and depression, and we're gonna see, it's three different types of examples, and I want you guys to be able to see oh, people in the Bible went through this, I can go back to the Bible whenever I'm struggling and learn from them and figure it out. So the first one I'm going, don't hit the slide yet. The first one I'm going to be talking about is Jesus. And I want to ask you guys a question. Why do you think Jesus struggled with isolation? 100%. 100%. He was straight up alone. And so now we can go to it with Jesus in Matthew 27, 45, and 46. And I want you guys to open up your Bibles to it. We're going to be in the Bible a lot this message. So, Matthew 27, 45, and 46. Okay. You guys there? I know it's faster with your phones. But no, from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli Eli Lama Sabactani. I'm not good at saying those words, but that means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus was in isolation for 33 years. I know that this sounds weird because he had his disciples, he had his family. But Jesus, fully God, right? 100% God, was from eternity past, hanging out, chilling, knowing everything about the Holy Spirit, knowing everything about God the Father. And then he comes as a baby, as a servant who wet the bed, cried. He had to learn. He was a baby, fully man still. And so, going from God to a baby seems a little drastic, right? Yeah. I need some interaction, guys. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, at this time, Jesus didn't have his disciples. Because what did the disciples do after uh, Jesus got arrested? They left. They scattered. Right? Yeah. They went away. They scatter, and they really didn't want to be hanging around a criminal. They wanted to be near Jesus when he's doing all these miracles, when he's uh, kind of giving them free food and walking, and talking with people. But once he became a criminal, they were just like, I don't want to be around that guy anymore, right? Right? And so Jesus was isolated for a purpose. This example that I'm going to do is Jesus came down died on the cross for a purpose. And we're going to be talking about that, that the purpose that Jesus had was to save us, save us, us, us. to be the Messiah, to be the bridge from us to God, so that we can have an intercessor, so we can talk to him, so that we have somebody who sympathizes with us so we can have somebody who where we get into heaven with and so that purpose he came for 33 years he learned he was a man he had friends he had disciples but he isolated for a purpose now how does this apply to our lives anything any you also could be isolated character development Perfect. So like in a movie, hopefully the main character, the protagonist, grows in the movie, right? You kind of hope that that makes a good book, a good movie. So in the same way, our lives, oh my goodness. So the same way, as we're living our life, we're supposed to be growing closer to God. Now, I was isolated. uh, Whenever I started my job, a couple months ago, in January, I was working from home and didn't really have any meetings, didn't really talk to anyone. I had my Bible study at nights and hung out with people. But the six months that I was isolated and didn't really enjoy my job, I was able to grow and able to learn more about myself. And so and kind of love who God made me. And so a lot of you guys can be going through an isolated period that God wants you to be isolated so that you can grow. Think of it as uh, you guys had art class. Did you guys make any clay pots or anything like that? Right. So whenever you're making a clay pot, you kind of put pressure or push the clay, right, to kind of mold it, right? Okay. Uh, I haven't taken high school clay in a while. So there's pressure. There's kind of a period of hardship but in the end, you're, you're looking at this clay pot that you made, and it looks beautiful. Or as mine would be, not beautiful. And so, and so, it was this period where there's pressure that God is kind of molding you into who you're kind of supposed to be, and who you're supposed to be growing into. So that's the first example. We have, and I'll be talking about that in a little bit later. The second example we're going to be talking about is Elijah. So, First Kings nineteen four through eight, Old Testament. Let's see who gets there first. First and second. You got it. Dang it! I'm there. I'm there. All right. Thankful for Stewie that he's going to read. Nope. Stewie. 1 Kings 19:4 through 8. Okay, so what did Elijah ask God for? To die. die. So that's important because usually, hey, God, I want to die. God's going to be like, why? You guys have it so easy. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was separated from us. But what did God actually say? Rise and eat. There we go. So, rise and eat, and so, there's this context. So, Elijah, great prophet, brought down fire, and so he's kind of, so he's for God, wanting to be a representative of God, and living for him, doing these uh, miracles, and then there are these prophets of Baal, who are these priests, who have this temple who have these like kind of magic tricks, kind of sorcery type stuff, but they're not representing the true God, right? So they have a showdown. They have this kind of fight type thing. And the prophets of Baal go up, and they're calling for a sign from the god of Baal. And guess what happens? Nothing. I saw that. I saw that. Nothing. And so what does... Elijah do he's like okay well here's a sign from my god and guess what happens fire. fire comes down you guys know your old testament i love it so the fire comes down and then queen Jezebel is just like oh i don't like that i'm going to attack you i'm going to come over and kill you and guess what elijah does he gets super panicked and just runs like 45 miles and runs and runs and runs and just hates and so is is so scared And so he's isolated because he's exhausted, he's tired, he's doing this good work, and he's kind of getting this worldly perspective of just do, 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 and kind of scared of others instead of being the representative, the um, prophet for God. So he's exhausted, he's tired, he's doing so many good works, working a lot, And so I've been in this situation too and I'm guessing you guys do because I like to work. I like to hang out with people and just kind of keep my calendar occupied. So I'm doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff and then once those people leave, I feel like, man, what am I doing with my life? I feel alone. I feel exhausted. I feel so tired and hungry and I feel like God isn't there for me. I feel just so alone and so Elijah is feeling this because he's doing so much and God's first reaction is not to condemn him. It's not to be like, what, you're a man. You're supposed to be working. You are supposed to be representing me and you're feeling lonely. You want to die? Look at what you just did for me for the prof- against the prophets of Baal. No, he is, God's reaction is, hey, just Relax. Eat some food, sleep. I'm going to send an angel to make sure you're okay. There's a tree with some shade that's going to be okay. It's going to be all good. So we have this, uh, Elijah lost his perspective because he was doing so much that he didn't have time to breathe. And so this applies to our life because we're working and doing so much that we just need to breathe And kind of let God in instead of having, doing all this stuff for external purposes, for others, for ourselves. Instead of, one of my favorite things to do, and I told Benny this a couple weeks ago. He, uh, so whenever I'm feeling exhausted or lonely or tired, one of my favorite things to do is go to a park. I love going to the uh, Cuyahoga Valley National Park, there's a bunch of stuff, and just bringing my Bible, and just spending an hour, hour and a half, just reading my Bible, and just letting God talk to me, and that's kind of like a meditation, kind of relaxing thing for me, where I can just let God in, uh, because a lot of times we're doing, 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 so Some of you guys don't have cars. Some of you guys have a hard time going to a park. But, like, if you guys have a place in your yard that you kind of feel isolated where you can just talk to God, that will seriously give you strength. It says that the food gave uh, Elijah strength for 40 days for his travel to Mount Horeb. That's going to give you strength to move on and to not feel isolated and kind of fix your perspective. Make sense, guys? Yeah, Yeah. Trent, you're an idiot (laughs) now. But that's exactly what you guys should be doing. Just make sure you're looking from the right perspective is kind of the smart thing to do. Um, And exhaustion clouded his perspective, clouded his brain. So next thing we're going to look at, the next example is Genesis 3, 8 through 13. Man, I'm going to, I don't want to run over, so I'm going to read it real quick. Is that okay? Yeah? No? no? Benny, thank you for reading it. 8 8 through 13. The woman said the serpent: So why did they feel isolated? You guys can look at the slide, but I want you to raise your hand and tell me. Yeah, they felt ashamed because they sinned. They did something that they weren't supposed to do. And so probably a lot of you guys are also in this boat where you feel isolated because you guys are sinning, because you guys aren't doing what God has called you to do to live a life of holiness, to be smart, to be wise, to follow God's word. And you guys um, are wanting the world's acceptance more than God's acceptance. I've been in this stage of my life, too, where sinning all the time felt like nobody really cared about me. I felt like God didn't care. My family didn't care. I felt so alone and so lonely. So lonely. And that's because of the sin, once I got sin, that sin out of my life, guess what happened? I felt people come into my heart. I felt the abundance of love that God has for me, that the community and the church has for me. Once I got rid of that sin. And so there's this book that Eric got me, a small book on why we hide. And its first thing it says is a lot of times we hide because of sin, just like Adam and Eve that we hide from God. We don't want others into our lives. We don't want the community. We don't want God's love if we have a love for sin. And so, obviously, we're going to sin. We're going to mess up. But a lot of this is the continual repetition and living in sin that we feel isolated by. And so, there's, that's just a huge perspective that I think we need to look at. Um, And so, God's looking for us. God's literally like searching, wanting us, wanting to give us a huge hug. You know those like grandma hugs where you love it, like you feel so warm and comforted? Maybe my grandma was the only one that did that. But that's the kind of hug I imagine, that love and just caring for. Um, but a lot of times we want nothing to do with him. We want to run towards our sin. So um, next slide. Next slide think it's, why is this important? So I want to ask you guys the question, why is this important? Why, why am I talking about this? Probably say 100%. Isolation can get us further and further and further from God and get us into a life that we don't want. So next is Can we go to the next slide? Oh. Uh, We go we all go through or have gone through a period of isolation. Uh, It's going to happen in our lives. That's just who we are as people. You guys, I've know so many married couples where they have literally a person next to them like all the time, feel so isolated, feel so lost. My parents went through it. Um, If we don't have a world biblical worldview, our whole life is thrown off, just like Seth said. And so I got some verses for us. We're gonna kind of go through this quick. 'Cause I don't want to keep you guys. Matthew eleven, twenty eight through thirty. If we want to go there. Anybody got it? Anybody wanna read? Layla, let's go. Isolation is so exhausting. You feel so alone. You feel so empty. And the rest that Jesus gives us is fulfilling. It's like the uh, water at the well. It is a lifelong water substance that will um, fulfill us. That's what Jesus is. He will give us the rest that we need. And so we need to look to him and we need to pray to him that he will give us this rest that he, we will be constantly looking and wanting to follow him to kind of change our perspective Hebrews 4 14 through 16 Hebrews is such a good book you guys really should look into it one of my favorites okay anybody want to read Ah, uh, she had her hand up first. You're good. I suggest if you want to memorize a verse that you guys can really ponder on and to really meditate on, this, these three verses are such a, great, such a great passage to memorize and to uh, really just meditate on every day. So Jesus, because he was a man, since he went through isolation through the cross, we can talk to him and he's just like yeah i know what you i know what you I know what you're going through like i'm going to sympathize with you i'm going to feel pity on you and i'm going to help you out and so we can talk to Jesus about literally anything a lot of times we don't go to Jesus we don't pray because we feel like he is god in heaven and we can't really talk to him because he doesn't understand us so that's something we need to work on and think about is we can pray to him and he will understand us. He went through the exact same thing, actually. Not the exact same thing, probably worse because he was separated from God on the cross. We I can't even imagine that. And I've tried to think about that and I just can't wrap my head around it because I'm human and so he went through something so worse than us on dying on the cross and being separated from God. And the cross The physical stuff is grotesque and wrong and probably hurts so much. The thorns, the whipping, terrible stuff. But the spiritual side of the cross where he was separated from God, oh man, that hurts. That really shows the endurance of Jesus on the cross to really come and save us. That was the point of it. So two more verses that we're gonna get through. Ephesians 5:15 through 16. the we- way. When I first heard this verse in junior high, this was kind of my life verse that I wanted to really think about. Make sure I make wise decisions, that I hang out with the right people, that I uh, focus on school, that I read my Bible, that I pray to God. Make sure I'm wise. So, in isolation, whenever we're exhausted, we should be wise to look to God, whenever we're in isolation a lot of times we want to fix that by pouring more work on top of it where we just want to be busy more and more so we don't have to really think about it the thing is that we have to do is that's just going to make it way worse we need to look to God and so I don't know if that slide is up there but um, maybe God has you in isolation for a reason just like I talked about with Jesus And so, make the best use of your time. Make sure it's worthwhile. You don't want to be 30 years old and be the same person you were at 18. You want to make sure you guys are growing and that you are following the Holy Spirit and growing closer to him. And then, last verse, Galatians 6, 1 through 2. Just two pages back, if you have a Bible. Anybody want to read this last verse before I close? Haley. Perfect. So the entire Old Testament wrapped up into two sentences: love God, love others. That's the law of the Old Testament. The law of Christ, it says here, is to bear one another's burdens. If you see somebody in isolation and in um, just in a transgression, our job isn't to gossip about them, be like, "Do you see Betty? Do you see what he's doing? Oh my gosh!" No, our job is to be like, "Hey." Like, I know what you're going through. I want to take you out for lunch or take you out for coffee. I want to hang out with you. I want to be able to talk about this and be like, hey, what's wrong? How are we going to grow? How are we going to make this better? Because that's the job of the church. That's the job of our youth group. It's to help each other grow closer to God. And if we're not doing that, are we really having Jesus' love, the Holy Spirit's love, God's love, in us, if we 're not wanting to love others, so a um, little bit of testimony time about myself. I grew up in an alliance church uh, it 's in Coventry and till about eighth grade and then, in eighth grade, I saw Maranatha and my sister started coming here, and I was like, "I need an actual good youth group. I need a youth group that will help me grow." and be able to have the community that I need. And so, I came here, and somebody I knew from high school, Ross Reeves, went here too, and we started hanging out. We were friends. We had a history class together, and he, if he wasn't at Maranatha, if I wasn't able to talk to him, I don't know where I'd be now, because he kind of took me under his wing. We did sound together in high school. We went on missions trips together. We were able to talk about Jesus. He was my accountability partner for a long time. We were able to grow and talk. And if I didn't have that community with him, I don't know if I'd have that love for Christ because we got baptized together sophomore year. We helped each other grow. And so what I'm saying is, if you guys see somebody new or see somebody who you don't really know that well and your first instinct is to walk away from them, then what are you guys doing in youth group? What are you guys really are wanting to do for God? Because that's a great opportunity for you because my life changed once I started coming to Maranatha. Once I started hanging out with Ross, once I met Nathan and Jeff and youth group, they helped me grow closer to God. And so that's the point of Galatians 6, 1 and 2. And so that's a great application for your guys' life. And I know it's summer, and you don't really see the people you hang out in high school like all the time, like every day, like you used to. But a great opportunity is to help one another grow closer to God because in high school, this is such a big time for your life. That's why I help out here, because I appreciate you guys. I want you guys to grow closer and be good Christians. I want you guys to really follow God. And so that's kind of a little bit about my testimony. Um, and I'm so thankful for Maranatha and the people in my youth group to help me grow closer to God. And I want you guys to do the same, because that's my passion. And so I'm going to close this out in prayer, and I want you guys to really take these into your life. Dear God, thank you so much for us just being able to be here. Thank you so much that we were able to talk, and we were able to learn more about you, and learn how good you are, and how uh, Jesus is able to sympathize with us, and that uh, we can talk to him, and if we're exhausted, we can just spend time with you, and talk to others about it. And please just help us. If there's a sin in our life that's keeping us from you and keeping us isolated uh, from growing and keeping uh, and hindering us, please just help us get rid of that sin, God. You are just so good to us. Please just help us have a great week lo- learning more about you and growing closer to you. Amen. All right. Good morning, and citizens.